Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're ready to go, guys. Uh, lots of stuff to cover today. We're going to be talking Survivor Series. We're obviously going to be talking Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn. They both get the axe on Saturday. Um, so we're obviously going to talk about that and potential head coaching uh, candidates. We're not going to talk about the GM just because... That, that is so hard to predict. No one really knows who is in whose front office anymore, except for like the big three or four, um, like Nick Casario's and those kind of guys, So, um, which is not which is in New England, so we're not going down that experiment again. Um, so we're not going to talk GM candidates, but we are going to talk head coaching candidates for the Lions today, as well as we are also going to be talking about Mike has a list of eight teams that he is on the lookout for uh, when it comes to playoff time, obviously your Detroit Lions are not one of those teams, unless they're playing in the NFC East, in which case they'd still technically have a shot. <laughs> Spoiler: the NFC East is not on the list at all, anywhere on this list. What? You mean Alex Smith and half a leg isn't going to get it done for no, him? No, he's not. Oh, he kicked the butt, out, kicked crap out of uh, Dallas on Thursday. But regardless, so we got an action-packed show for you guys today. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, sorry for no video. I forgot to charge our battery for our camera, so you can blame me in the comments below. Uh, but let's just jump right in here, Mike. Let's talk Survivor Series first before we go. A pretty heavy football um, day today. But let's just talk Survivor Series. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, one of the core four pay-per-views. Obviously, it's probably the least favorite, I would assume, out of all four if you're looking at it, right? WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Yeah. Would you rank them the way I just listed them? Uh, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble... SummerSlam, Survivor Series? See, recently, I haven't really liked SummerSlam as much as Survivor Series. Yeah. But I was always... See, we had this argument last week yeah. where up to this year, I really liked what they did with Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that they're not really fighting for anything. No. They're just doing champion versus champion just for the fun of it. Right. And then I was like, wait... They're just matter. doing it for the fun of it, then it doesn't matter. Like, they're not even doing it for, like, a pick mm -mm. or to send somebody over or something. Yeah. Like, they're just not, doing it for literally the fun of it. For no reason. And so then it kind of, like, I was and they, like... they only care about brand supremacy for that month. Yeah, for that, like, day <laughs> or for that month. <laughs> literally. So, probably now yeah. I would put it like that. Yeah. But before you... Before last week, right. I would have flipped Survivor Series and SummerSlam. Really? But yeah. this week, no. The yeah. SummerSlam's never really hit home. Survivor Series always has at least a couple good matches on yeah, it. Yeah, SummerSlam like, always does feel like a little bit of a letdown. And it's, it's you know, I think because it's right after Mania, too. Yeah, like, like it's, like, it's like, it's like so two it's months hard. after. Like, it's, if, I think it's like if they flipped, like, or if Mania was at a different time, like okay. at the end of the year, I think SummerSlam would probably have a little more oomph behind it just mm -hmm. because probably. it would be like the summer, something, WrestleMania, like the big show for the summer, you know, and Mania's... You know, out of the half of the year, but yeah. because they basically go back to back, it's harder to do that. Yeah. You know, like so it's a little bit difficult. And the Rumble, for obvious reasons, it's the Rumble. So yeah. there's there's oh, endless yeah. possibilities for that, especially the last couple of years. I was gonna say honestly, recently I would say the last five six years I've yeah. enjoyed the Rumble, the Rumble more, more than Mania sure. probably. Absolutely. Well, just because the possibilities of what they could do before they let you down at Mania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, back to talk about. Back to Survivor Series here. Let's just go through here. Let's just go through the results real fast and give us a grade, Mike. Okay. Um, so first match open with the Raw SmackDown men's elimination match. Uh, so you had Team Raw beat Team SmackDown. I'm not going to say everyone's names because no, there's like 40 names. You didn't need to. Um, and they clean sweeped them. It was 5-0. Yeah. Not even really competitive nope. on the SmackDown side for the most part. Nope. Definitely one sided. Um, I thought the match was 
fine. I literally joked as we were watching. This is one of the few we watched together. Yeah. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny? Like, it was like 5-2. Yeah. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if they just, like, clean sweep them? I know. I know. Like, like, five minutes yeah, later, they Uso clean was the last them. one. I was like, maybe he's going to get, like, a couple, and then, like, he loses it yeah. or something. Nope. Just nope. straight up, just dominated. Yeah, this match fell flat for me. Um, it, You really wasted, I think, like, you know, Seth was on the on Team SmackDown. He was out in 10 seconds. You mm-hmm. know, SmackDown side looked really uneven, quite yeah. frankly, compared to what Raw had. And not like Raw was bringing major stars by any means, but, like, at the same time, I just didn't... It didn't do anything for anybody, mm-hmm. you know? I, I did like the fact that they did spin it off into Raw. We're like, okay, because you won... We're gonna have a little mini tournament here to decide who's gonna be the new number one contender. See, yeah, that's, that was nice. That's the stuff I like. Like, if you had told me that two weeks ago, right ahead of time, we're like, oh, there's stakes for either team. Yeah. I would have been much more like, oh, okay, cool. Like, now I see why right. both teams want to win this. Exactly. That's why they're putting their differences aside, not because of brand supremacy, because no one cares. Yeah. No one cares about brand supremacy anymore. If this was 2004, I care. Now. I don't care. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, so our next match, we had the tag team. So we had the Street Profits beating the New Day in 14 minutes. I thought this match was fine. Yeah. Um, it's what they were gonna do. You know, yeah. the the New Day is weird because the New Day, I feel like it's 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 a massive hit for me or it's a massive miss for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like a lot of time. Like and a massive miss for me is just like it's just a match, right? It's fine. And that's what I kind of felt with this one. Um. The New Day has had some great matches, what, like Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, you know, the Usos, oh, yeah. some of these other tag teams. The Street Profits are fine. They're still pushing them to the moon. I don't know who else they can honestly beat. I know, they, I know they're know they starting a feud again with Ziggler and Rude because they just lost two on SmackDown. But, um, okay, cool. Um, the tag titles, I, keep, I feel like I've said this now every year since we've started doing this show, is like uh, they couldn't mean less right now, no, in all honesty. Not. So... It's unfortunate in a lot of a lot of aspects of it, um, but they don't have any tag teams right now, and Not it's and it's really like I would argue the women's tag team division is really deep, like if you included the NXT <laughs> side of it, mm-hmm. where you have nothing on the men's side yeah, at all, on really all of them, yeah, too, and any of them, any of them. Uh, so you had the mid card champion for champion, so you had Bobby Lashley with his groupies of people, yeah, beating Sam, yep, beating Sami Zayn in like seven minutes ish. Yeah, and I missed this match. I was driving home from your house, so I missed this entire match. Yeah, and you didn't really miss much of <laughs> yeah. this match because he kind of just like ran around the ring for a bit, yeah. and then he tapped out. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah he that's tapped the thing. out. I like what they're doing with Sammy as far as the like the the most chicken shit, excuse my language, heel possible. Like yeah. he's been winning matches by countout and stuff like that, yeah, which good. I think is hilarious on so many levels because he's like, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Like that's it's good. it's a very like. So, like, if, if you explain it to a, a non-wrestling fan, like, how you can win or lose a championship, right? So, you're like, so if I'm the champion, if I just never get in the ring, I lose the match, but I don't lose the title? Okay, cool. Like, it's yeah, very it's much logic, like, straight logic in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the fact that he got destroyed as fast as he did. Honestly, this would have been a perfect... I don't know if they're just, like, canceling retribution, if that's what they're waiting to do. And But, like, I thought this would have been a perfect time to cost... Bobby a match yeah. and to kind of keep going with that, but they didn't feel like that. Once again, I like that Sami Zayn's Intercontinental Champion. Could care less that Bobby Lashley's U.S. Champion, um, but I'm liking Sami's reign as Intercontinental Champion. It also helps too that SmackDown's got more depth yeah. in the mid card. Like he faced Daniel Bryan this week in a mm-hmm. really nice match. So you're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, the women's Raw vs SmackDown match, yep. the title match. Uh, Sasha Banks beat Asuka in like 13 minutes. Yep. I thought the last like. 
six, I guess like the first half, yeah. since it's only like 13 minutes long. The first half was a little slow, but I think the second half really picked up and delivered. Yeah, no, match. I thought this was really good. It didn't go too long. Sasha got a big win here. Mm-hmm. Um, Asuka is at the point now, she's reaching Roman-type levels where if she loses, it's like, okay, and like mm-hmm. we just move on and we just kind of continue to think that she's the favorite going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's doing a really nice job. The women's division is kind of hurting a little bit. I'm waiting for Bailey to kind of swing back around. You know, I think they're kind of like letting it go for a little bit before they come back to it for Mania. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Bailey win the Royal Rumble this year. If the champions remain the same, unless Charlotte makes a triumphant return and wins it again, which will piss me off to no end, I think Bailey should be a extremely strong candidate to to get the Rumble win this year. Yeah. The way she's done this past year, she's been phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's either going to be Bailey or like an NXT person coming up to set yeah. up with Asuka All, uh, or look, something. I also think Bianca Belair should also be in consideration. Yeah. And we'll talk about her in a second because she's really good. At yeah, I just think that like you can like kind of just throw Bailey back in with Sasha without the Rumble win. Oh, so yeah, you for can, sure. You yeah, can, it's easier sure. to set up the Raw one with the Rumble yes. and just have the SmackDown already right. set up because it's already Absolutely. set up. Absolutely. But I wouldn't mind either way. I think it's yeah. fine. Uh, then you had the women's team Raw Dude, five we're like, people. We're like a month away from the Rumble. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah basically. Uh, we are, we have team the women's team were all beating the women's team SmackDown in 23 minutes. Lana was the sole survivor. I'm going to give you a lot of credit. You yeah. called it while we were like I, we were texting back and forth, and you're like, what if Lana's just like the sole survivor? And I'm like, I'm like I guess. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds crappy. Sure is not. Sure as shit, though. There it is. Yeah. I text you after. I went, good call, because yeah, I, I wouldn't have booked it that way, but that was a great call I wouldn't have booked part. it that way either, but, but I, I yeah. had that feeling. Yeah. Um, there was a rumor out there too that they've always talked about that for the Rumble, where some guy like gets hurt or gets knocked out early, but like he doesn't get eliminated, and then the other, everyone else eliminates each other, and then he rolls back and he goes, "I won." Yeah, and which would be the oh god, I'd be oh. Well, boy. if if the right person, like if like Sami Zayn did it, yeah. I like he'd be. Able I guess to pull I'd be the off. only one. I'd be like, all right. Yeah, he. I'd still be upset though, because I'm like, man, that's just it yeah. Just, it just ruins the. Yeah, the, the thing because they yeah, you need to pull the whole thing off though where like they both go over at the same time. Yeah, and everyone's and then, arguing, and, and then Vince like... walks out and he like pulls both hammies again. But then Sammy <laughs> rolls in at the last second and, and like, goes, "Wait, no, no, me. I got, I won this." Yeah. And then everyone just goes, "Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah." That would be hilarious on a lot of in a lot of aspects. But this match was fine. Yeah. I really think they missed the boat in being able to highlight. Uh, Bianca Belair in this match, though. I thought she should have been the one to kind of overcome the last little bit of deficit there, mm-hmm. beating Nia. Um, I thought, even if you wanted to, have Lana turn on Team Raw, because she's a babyface, right? So yeah. she's still going to be a babyface. And I think you could have gotten that way, too. Um, I get why they did it. You know, they've really been building up to something like that. Um, but, yeah, I think they missed a couple opportunities there. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think we can agree that both Survivor Series matches as a whole, though, were kind of just there. I, yeah, I, I, there there was nothing for me. 100%. I think, I think the thing I look forward to are the champion versus champion matches. Yeah, for sure. I think this next one delivered because yeah. you had Reigns versus McIntyre by referee's decision in 25 minutes. And I thought this match started very slow. Which we and, knew. Which and we knew going I knew in. going in, yeah. but like it was like 12, 13 minutes yeah. in. And it was I was like, for a while. I was yeah. like, if this is really what it's going to be, I am very underwhelmed. <laughs> and then like the last 10 minutes, I'm yeah. like, all right, wait, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah they, really, they really cranked up the volume, right? Yeah. You know, starting to see even more. Roman has never been better mic wise than he has yeah. been right now. Um, 
you know, it made Roman look, it made Drew look strong because they had the interference, which actually helps Roman in developing this heel character even more, especially with the follow-up on Friday night where he was like, I didn't ask you to help me. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to help me. What the hell are you doing? How dare you come out? Like, yeah. so like, it's a weird, like, I didn't need you, but at the same time, he's like, totally needed you kind yeah, of thing. So like, like, yeah, yeah. like you kind of know. So I thought that was really well done where Roman now becoming the like, no, I don't need anybody's help. I, like when... It's like, you know, okay, I, you helped me win the win the title. And it's like, I did it all by myself. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you did. Kind of, you know, it's yeah, one yeah. of those kind of things. Um, this match was phenomenal. Best match on the card. It's not even close. It really saved the show, in my opinion, because you went off the air with that. You didn't wait. You didn't have the Survivor Series match or anything go off of it. So, um, by far the best match. McIntyre's on fire. He still is. I don't know where they're going to go with the WWE Championship. Um I, I have no real idea because I don't know. I thought Orton and Edge was kind of locked in, but maybe that's not now. I generally don't know what they're going to do with either one. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming because I think they're starting a segment with uh, Owens and Owens and, right. and Reigns, but yeah. that's only going to be like a TLC and then off kind mm-hmm. of deal. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard Brian's going to be the challenger at the Rumble maybe or something. Right, which but then like, Which would be unfortunate. But then it's like, what are your mania plans? So I guess the winner of the Rumble is really going to be like a big... That's the thing. It's like, who is? And, that, and my concern going into that kind of thing, because you're absolutely right, is, okay, who is... They haven't built anybody. I'd rather save Brian for mania, honestly. Oh, I would Let too. Brian get that win because, you know, he's only got a couple years left anyway. Why not? Like, yeah. if you're not going to get a bigger pop, you know, um, there's nobody ready. Yeah. Like, if we're, like McIntyre last year, we knew, okay, they're really priming him for a spot, right? Mm-hmm. And actually having Lesnar in there kind of threw a monkey wrench into that a little bit for us, predicting-wise. But, like, when he eliminated Brock, it was like, okay, yeah, we're rolling, yeah, right? Um, even the year before that was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was on such a high. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, it's got to be Seth here. I don't mm-hmm. see how it's not. Um, they don't have that guy right now ready to go aj's not super on fire you know you can't go with a guy like the miz or morrison they're doing whatever they're doing i Strowman would just be a terrible decision mm-hmm. keith lee's not there orton's done it a million times how many times can you give orton the spot um you know edge i guess but once yeah. again you're, you're kind of booking yourself into the oh so we don't have an idea so let's just try to put the biggest star possible we mm-hmm. have that's already established without elevating somebody new gonna be weird so i don't know what they're gonna do from yeah. that aspect of it um so that's a bit scary now yeah that, so now yeah so men, the, i was gonna say the men's one worries me a little bit the women's one i think they have like three people locked in i think yeah they could for sure yeah absolutely yeah the men's one's a little scary so it's gonna be interesting to see the next couple months here what they do i think kevin owens would be a perfect guy to do that with because he's got he's doing a really good job as a baby face but they haven't built him yeah and if you're gonna have him just get slaughtered by reigns for the next two months that's really gonna suck so exactly. it's like Ugh. Uh, but that's something to keep our eye on for sure. Give me a grade on this show, though, Mike. Um, I would give it a probably like a C C minus. Yeah, I'm with you. Basically, on that. having Reigns this and, is a one and McIntyre stealing the show, yep. and everything else was like, yep, okay at best. Right now, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit in like a Roman Reigns fangirl club right now. I am in love with what he is doing, and he is every time he's on a pay per view. I am glued to my TV. Like mm-hmm. the matches may not be like quote unquote technical masterpieces, yeah. but at the same time, like the story and everything is just so well done. Where I'm I just think like glued. He's doing a perfect like not having a lot of fans stuff right now yeah. because I feel like if you had like the ten twenty thousand people in a stadium or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the whole like 
talking in the match mm-hmm. wouldn't go wouldn't over as well because yeah, sure. you'd be like the crowd would be over everything right. and you wouldn't be able to hear but because they're empty and you only right. have the screens watching or whatever having had the dialogue and like having the story through the word telling basically telling the story mm-hmm. in the match like itself not like wrestling wise right i think it's so good yeah they're doing it so well in the circumstance right. they're in. And, and establishing that character right once yeah. because once we were able to have fans back i think he's now established enough where where he he's just good yeah, he, yeah, he's just going out there, and it's it's one of those things to where he's he's gonna wind up becoming a babyface again, not even by his own fault, just because of how good it's it's go, it's going. Mm-hmm. That people are so happy to see him as a bad guy, yeah. they're gonna cheer him. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be one of those things to where you're just gonna be watching this, and it's like, you know, I I read some reports that he wasn't supposed to have a long title run, which is insane to me. Yeah. but like, um, I think now they're kind of gonna have to roll with that, but like. When he finally does lose, it is going to be such a big moment unless they ruin it and have him drop it earlier than that. Like, it, it, like there are very few guys on this roster right now that are big enough to beat Roman Reigns what he's doing right now. Like, mm-hmm. he is one of the few guys, Is if he's on TV every week, I don't mind him being champion for yeah. a year. Like, that's, like, when Cena had his run of 390 days as champion or whatever, I was cool with it because you saw him every week. He was defending. He was having good matches. Yeah. I, I wanted him to lose, but that was part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Roman, where I don't want him to lose, but at the same time, like, I am, like, whoever does it, it is going to be epic on yes. so many levels. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, all right, let's shift our focus here now from the squared circle to the football field. Uh, Lions made some big changes. Finally, um, in a lot of people, overdue in a lot of people's opinion, um, I guess you can make the argument they should have done it last offseason. Um, I'm, th- I'm kind of glad, honestly, that they did wait to do it. They gave it this one last-ditch mm-hmm. effort. Um, but Matt Patricia, he gone. Bob Quinn, he gone. Uh, Daryl Bevel is going to be your interim head coach the last five games. He's the offensive coordinator, so expect a lot of fullback runs on third and one that aren't going to get anywhere. And Adrian Peterson to get 60 carries a game. Um, but besides that, Mike, give me your thoughts on, before we get into candidates, your thoughts on the timing should have been done sooner. Did you care? You know, we knew it was coming, especially when they lose, they lose the Carolina the way they did. And then they get destroyed by Houston. You're like, okay, this is over. Like it's done. Yeah. I mean, I've, we've known for a while Yeah. and honestly, you can make the argument, you know, since the first game, when you get blown out by the Jets on Monday night football, that it probably wasn't wasn't going to work out. Um, but I think you had the trend of six games in, one against, and then the seventh game was always a really good team, yep. and you could never win that game. And when you have that trend for three years straight, literally, literally the over, same, yeah. the same exact spot, you were right. three and three, three three and one, and three and three. You played Seattle, you played the Raiders, and you played the Colts, yep. and you lost all of those. Yep. And you went, yeah, we just can't. can't and then right after that, the season yeah, like, down takes a massive dive. Yeah, like the crazy, like it's wild to think that last year, like. Through five games, you were a, a very competitive two, two and one, yeah. which sounds like weird. Right, like you were coming very off a good game against the Chiefs, going into your bye, coming out getting screwed on, on Monday night, and then crapping yourself for the rest. Yeah, of the literally year. just crapping yeah. yourself. And Stafford's having an MVP year. Yeah, I mean, nineteen touchdowns, four picks. You're not going to get much better than that. Yeah, so um, he had sparks and like minor flashes of good moments. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. Patriots Sunday Night Football game yep. week three two yep. years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some stuff really early this year. The Cardinals game early this year was good. Yep. But those are just like one 
game the problem is that you're picking out individual games you go that game was good yeah. and then it was garbage the rest of it yeah right? i, I want to get into something here mike because i think i've been i've been having this conversation with a lot of people now over social media over the last couple days um and i think it needs to be addressed because i, I you i'm sure you've seen this a lot on twitter stuff the meme of jim caldwell and patricia yeah. looking at the records and stuff let me let me let me be very clear here when i say this you have every right to be mad that the lions fired jim caldwell to hire Matt Patricia. Okay? I'm, I'm in total yeah. agreement with that. However, firing Jim Caldwell was the correct decision. Okay? And here's why. Jim Caldwell, while he had an above 500 winning percentage, you were 9-7. and seven. That is who you were under Jim Caldwell, right? You went 11-5, went, oh, good, uh, and then he went back down to earth. 7-9, 9-7, 9-7. You were uncompetitive in two out of the three playoff games. You could argue you should have won the one. I get it. Right? You were 9-7. and seven. That's who you were under Jim Caldwell, which means you were a barely above average football team with Jim Caldwell as head coach. Jim Caldwell did this. He took you from, like, the bottom, took you to here, right? Took you a step up, right? He was never going to take you, in my opinion, mm-hmm. he was never going to take you above where you were at there, right? I think 9, 10 wins was right about where you were. You were a fringe playoff team, maybe competing for a division depending on the year, Right? They took the risk and hired Matt Patricia with the with the with the hopes and the expectation that you would go from middle of the pack to being a contender. That was the goal. It didn't work and it blew up epically. I'm not going to fault the Lions for taking the risk and saying we don't want to just be okay. I get Lions fans are like, well, we've never been just okay. I understand that, but you're either building or you're tearing it down. You can't be in the middle because, as we've talked about before, Mike, with the Pistons and the Wings and the Tigers, when you settle for being mediocre and average, you're no better than the worst mm-hmm. because you're not building towards anything. You're just surviving, and that's not a good enough. If you want a championship here in Detroit for the Detroit Lions, that can't be the way to do it, okay? You can be mad that they fired Jim Caldwell and hired Matt Patricia, but don't be mad that they fired Jim Caldwell with the expectation that we need to be better, we need to beat the good teams, and we need to get above 500. We need to be better than 9-7, and seven because 9-7 and seven is what Dallas is, and Dallas isn't winning anything anytime soon. You know what I mean? So, I just think that that needs to be explained. Like, you can be mad they fired him for this guy, this one particular person. I understand that, because it didn't work. But, at the same time, you could always go and say, if Patricia won 12 games... You would, no one will be talking about what Jim Caldwell did for this team, right? So we have to really look at it as they made the mistake of, of hiring the wrong guy, not that they fired the right guy, I guess is, is, is my argument there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like it does need to get pointed out a little bit that, like, I don't think we were winning a Super Bowl with Jim Caldwell as head coach. That That is my point, I guess. And that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I think, I think the problem with... There's not really a problem, I guess. Yeah. I think the thing with that statement is, I think the Lions <clears throat> want to settle for like a playoff win. Right. Just like a singular win. That is right. what people have been looking for since right. the 92. 92 or whatever right. when they won their last one. Yep. And I think that they saw there was, even though they weren't very competitive, and I agree with you, yeah. I guess one out of the two they were competitive in. Yeah, they made it the three, relatively. Yeah, right. They made it the, the, did they make three playoff turns or two playoff Two playoff turns. Two, yeah. two with him because it was the Dallas one and then the Seahawks Seattle, one. Right, Seattle right. dog walked them. That's yeah, exactly. fine. Yeah, but the Dallas one was relatively close, and right. you can argue whatever you want about the game. Right. But I think that when you were 9-7, and seven, I think that people were like, if we just keep 
It's like you taking the shots at the dartboard. Right. It's like eventually you're going to squeak one out and get that playoff win. And I think that's what the people I want. Agree. I agree. Yep. I think, however, I do agree to the point that you're not building anything more than just, okay, you can win a wild card game. Right. Sure. And then you get stopped and then you by, get stopped by yeah. the Seahawks again or whatever right. exactly. it is. Like yeah. you can beat the Philadelphia 6-10 and 10 Eagles over here or whatever right. as a 5-4 seed matchup or whatever, mm-hmm. but then you're going to go play the one-seeded Seahawks right. and get demolished. Right. Like, sure, exactly. whatever. It's, it's so I think I think, I think that is what the fans yes, and that's, look and at. That is my point, though, is that as fans, and I get it, I want a playoff win, too. There would be no... I mean, I'd probably buy the shirt. Yeah. You know, whatever. But the point is, is that you as fans need to understand that you cannot settle. You should not have to settle for, I just want a playoff win. That is not the freaking goal. It's like Jim Harbaugh of Michigan. You should not be settling for, I just want to win the Orange Bowl. That is not, it's not the same thing. It's either you're building or you're tearing it down and you're going to try it all over again. That's the, that's the deal here, okay? There's teams with windows and there's teams that don't have windows. And there's a whole bunch of teams in the middle. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be teams in the middle because that means you're not progressing anywhere. Okay, you're not you're not going to be one of these eight teams that Mike is going to talk about here in a little bit on the show. You're going to be one of the you're going to just be a team. Okay, nine and seven. While on paper you're like, wow, man, nine and seven. Woo, this is awesome. Okay, great. But nine and seven means you're picking in the middle of the draft, so you're not getting a difference maker usually, right? At, at whatever position, it means you think that whatever you're doing is okay, so you're going to stay the course. So you're not going to be a risk averse. You're going to be sitting there. You're going to be conservative. You're not going to make in-game adjustments. And you're just going to hope to God you can get to that nine win mark, which means you can hopefully squeak into the playoffs just to get stopped by whoever the three C is. Which this year would be what? Green Bay? Uh, or Tampa? Green Bay, the Rams. New Orleans? New Orleans. Name a team. You're not beating any of them. Yeah. So... At the end of the day, you don't want to be there. They need to tear this down, and we'll talk about the future here in a second, a little bit. I don't want to get too far into their offseason plans just yet. Um, but, yeah, be mad that they that they hired the wrong guy. Don't be mad that they fired the guy that got you to 9-7. and seven. That 9-7 and seven was fine. You don't want to be 9-7. and seven. I want you, If you want to be a team that's competing every year, 11, 12 wins a year. That's what you want to be at. Yeah. Because if you can look at a schedule confidently, like the Packers, the the Saints, Tampa right now, obviously, um, Seattle, these teams, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City, we're going, yeah, we have at least 12 wins on this schedule. That's when you know you're ready to go and you're ready to compete. Right now, you're not there. So unless you're not, unless you're working towards it or you're tearing it down, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, right now you're talking yourself into nine wins. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly. You're you're on a prayer and hope we're getting to eight and eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if... You want to be super optimistic like I am. All right, we can get 10. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to. So you really need to pump the brakes on the Jim Caldwell love here. And also, if he really was phenomenal, there's about eight teams that could have hired him yeah. by now over the last three years. Nobody did to be their head coach. So there's that too. Okay, back to the back to the task of handle. He, he, they're right. both gone. Do you think that Bob Quinn should have been fired? There was a little bit because they were evaluated separately. Do you think that he did an okay job? Or was it because he's the one who brought in Patricia? That you kind of need to go to. I, I think they were just going to send both out regardless. Yeah. I think it was kind of... I think, he, like, if if he wouldn't have put his name out so hard for Patricia to come, yeah. I think he probably would have stayed. Like, if they would have just been like, okay, here are three candidates. Who do you right. who do you like? Or if he and wasn't you, from New England. Like, or, if, yeah, if, if Bob Quinn came from Baltimore and they hired Patricia, yeah. I think you'd have a... I'm not, not saying that some of the freaks haven't been a disaster and some of the draft yeah, whatever. individual picks, but... Overall, he had a better track record than Mayhew. Did, I think so. I think it's legitimately like yeah. if you were like 
in any company and you're like this person is such a good worker and right. such a and you put your neck out for them and they were just awful right. you're like well yeah, what, what, you, you yeah what are you doing right being with them like right. i think it was like exactly by association, Death by association. yeah kind right. of thing for sure i yeah. don't think he necessarily did like awful in the draft or anything by any means i yeah. think we went over outside i think the 2017 draft that he had mm-hmm. every other draft Taylor and jared davis are really your your earmarked for oh crap yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think outside of that year, I think relatively you had really good drafts, at least your yeah. top middle mm-hmm. picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I, the rest yeah. was... I think can, it's just you can argue, right? You know, it, it is what it is, right? Uh, all right, let's talk about some potential okay. coaching I'll candidates. I'll give you a yay or nay. Yeah. Um, here's a list I got uh, off of Twitter. It's just, I think, some Vegas odds here. Um, Robert Soleil, he's a D coordinator out of the 49ers. Yes. So Mike is on board I'm with I'm on him. board. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator out of Kansas City. Uh, I just, can I just, can get on board. Give me a yes or no whether or not they you think that they should be a candidate. So I, I can get on board. Okay. Yes. Uh, Lincoln Riley, the head coach of Oklahoma. Yes. Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of Michigan. No. Uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator out of Dallas. Now these are just this isn't like a list of like oh they're definitely going to interview these guys. This is just a, a Vegas odd. So they're yeah. just pulling some guys here. Uh, Kellen I have Moore, a hard no on this. By uh, the way. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I would say interview, but probably well, not. Hard no. Especially but, if you get the top. Three guys that you just yeah. named, I would say probably not. Uh, Daryl Bevel, the current Lions offense coordinator slash interim coach. No, I like him as a coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks. No. Uh, Dan Mullen, who is the head coach of Florida, University of Florida. Honestly, they're doing very well right now. So mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, no, right now, we don't know. We don't know if they're looking. If they're looking college, if they're looking pro. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. Any, know. Yeah, they, we don't she know. didn't have any answers, which I'm going to talk about her press conference in a minute. But yeah. I, w- I would say at least give the interview and like yeah. have him come in because he's done really good in Florida the last couple of years. Yeah, they're 23. He's 23 and six. Yeah, their quarterback yeah. Kyle Trask is going to be uh, uh, is a Heisman candidate. He's like a top three mm-hmm. Heisman candidate. Right? Uh, Josh McDaniels, is the OC out of New England. Uh, no. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is the offensive coordinator for the LA Rams. No. Um, Matt Campbell, the head coach out of Iowa State. I know a lot of people like him. Maybe because Iowa State's always competitive. Yeah. They are 30 and 27 since he got there. It doesn't like but, the record doesn't look good. But he good. also is coaching at Iowa State. Yeah. But <laughs> every time we always talk about Iowa State games, we're yeah. like, yo, you can never just like. They beat sleep. that Oklahoma. They're always good against certain Texas teams. Yeah. and stuff. So uh, they always Arthur, play. Arthur Smith, he is the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I would have him come in, but probably, especially with these other names, there, mm-hmm. certainly probably yeah. not. He's only 38, too, which is a bit shocking. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson. Uh, well, yes, but he would never leave. Um, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Indiana Colts. We saw that defense live in prime time. A Wait, which one? Matt Eberflus. He is the defensive coordinator for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. He's done a really good job there, too. Has done a great job there. That, that defense is phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yes, I guess. Uh, I would say yes. Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama. No. And Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Former LSU coordinator last year. He hasn't done an awful job recently, so I would I say... way too early for that, though. Yeah, I think... I think, I think better than pros w- when you're When you're so... Like, all these other names, yeah. I would say before that. But if everyone else said no for some reason, yeah. yes. But I'm going to throw yes, one more no. name out at you, just as a yes or no. Urban Meyer. Uh, yes. And we'll talk more if, but I, if Harbaugh gets fired. But Yeah, I would I would love just to... I think that would give you national appeal for okay. like three weeks. Give me your favorite. Give me your give me your top two or three here. Okay. Uh, I'm, out of that list. I this like I yeah. said, this is a list of Vegas odds. I just literally went down with who had the best odds and the worst odds. Um I don't know who they're gonna interview. I we don't have any of that information yet. This is strictly 
Speculation at best. Yep. I really like the 49ers defense. Yep. Robert Robert Soleil. Robert Soleil. He's a Dearborn native, coached at Central, coached at Eastern. He, he, you yeah, know. he's phenomenal. Yep. Um, let me think. Who else was there? The Florida, the Florida head coach yep. I would love to have because I think Mullen. he's he's done a phenomenal job at Florida the last mm-hmm. couple of years developing. Uh, Biennemi kind of worries me a tad. Okay, why? Why, why do you say that? Um, well, because we don't have... I think he would fit better in, like, Houston. I think I he's think, going... Uh, in, all, in full transparency, I think he's going to go to Houston. Yeah, I, I think, think him and Deshaun would... Exactly. I think, I think that would, scheme that, works that really matches. well with that. However, I do think that if you're going to kind of reset the system, though, yeah. if he could pick the quarterback that he wants, right. I think that it could actually work out really here. Well, for but sure. I, I'm worried that it's going to be, like, management, like, if the GM, whoever you hire and stuff, would be like, mm-hmm. we're going to stick with Stafford for a year or two, mm-hmm. and then in that case, I don't think it would work. But I think if you could pick, if he could pick the quarterback, and if he could kind of pick the scheme that he wants to run offensively, mm-hmm. I think it could work. Okay. But that's a lot of ifs right. that I'm worried about. The other sure. two, I'm like, I don't think there's many ifs. I think the Florida head coach... And the San Francisco defensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm like, I think they'll just come in with the work. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Robert Soleil is probably going to be the favorite for a yeah. lot of different reasons. He was almost the Cleveland Browns head coach last year before they hired Stefanski. Um, he's done a really nice job, especially with all the injuries in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, the defense is still good now, yeah. and they have like 12 people on IR. Right, exactly. Um, some of these other guys, Eric the Enemy, I would love to see what they could do with that. Um, I know he's going to be such a hot commodity, though. I think he goes to Houston. I, I think would. just just based off of Deshaun is similar in type that Mahomes is. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be an easier transition for him. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley is tough for me because you still have never found a defense and your defense is Lincoln so Riley easy. is the same for me as Eric B and me, where if you yeah. can let him pick the people yeah. for his offense, I think it could work. Yeah. But also, you that means you really have to trust the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. yeah. a lot. Like you, you need have, to get a he, guy. He would be, Lincoln Riley would be like the Sean McVay yeah. of the, of what the Rams are to the Lions, where it's like you need that defensive coordinator. Which they did. Would they, like, when they hired Wade Phelps, it was like, oh, you got one of the best DCs possible exactly. when he came in. I mean, they've, they've moved on from him since then, but they went to a Super Bowl with, with Exactly. That. You would need, with Lincoln, you would need that I think, I think yeah, I think Soleil, honestly, if I'm going to give like a super-duper early prediction, I think there's going to be three guys. Guys out there right now that they're going to try to interview. I think Slay, Bienemy, and I think Matt Campbell. I think are going to be the three the guys of Iowa State because, oh, okay. uh, especially, I don't know what Michigan's going to do. I know Michigan. I'm looking at an article right now that says Michigan. You know, Matt Campbell may be on Michigan's wish list if they, if they fire Harbaugh, which would sure. which wouldn't shock me right. because why not, right? Um, but I think those are going to be three of the guys. I am not a fan of taking a first year coordinator and then immediately making him a coach. So Byron Leftwich. He out for me. Kellen Moore, I know he's been calling plays for a couple years. Nope, ain't happened. I don't want any stink from that Dallas Cowboy organization at all. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Josh McDaniels, we've already seen. I'm not going the Patriot way again, obviously. Yeah. Um, some of these other guys, like Arthur Smith, I can't I can't necessarily be like, yay or nay, he's in Tennessee. They've got the best running back in the league. It's very that's, hard that's for me where I'm to like, like, speculate on what you could be. So, yeah. not that he, he, they hired him at, I'm gonna give him a shot, yeah. but at the same time, I go. Eh, One know. guy I would love if they could throw a lot of money and make him leave where he's at right now would yeah. be uh, Fickle from Cincinnati. Yeah, Luke Fickle. Yeah, yeah, if they could, if they could just somehow like throw him a lot of money and be like, "Hey, do you want to leave Cincinnati and possibly come here?" Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would be, I would be a big fan but, if you, you could somehow pull him. I, like I said, but I he's know, someone I don't think the, leaves. There's Cincinnati a couple other guys too, like David Shaw to Stanford. Which yeah. I am a big proponent of not hiring. I don't know why that guy gets as much love as he does. Stanford is awful, yeah. and they basically have been proceeded to get even worse ever since Harbaugh left. Outside mm-hmm. of the years they have McCaffrey, um, 
So I don't get that one necessarily, but I know a lot of people really like him mm-hmm. as a coach. And if he is going to bring in good coordinators, I, I, I like I said, the head coach for me, and let's talk about your qualifications. For you, what is the qualifications that you want to see ahead? We talked about this off air, but what are your qualifications for what you want out of this next guy? Because we, we went with the with with Caldwell, the more stoic, super players coach guy, but never really got the coordinators that I think was were needed to mm-hmm. be successful long-term. Um and then we went with the guy that we thought was going to turn our defense around. We thought we had an offense ready to go. The defense needed some work. Let's get a defensive guy, a, a defensive genius in here. And we proceeded to get 30, 16th to 22nd to 30th in the last three years. Legitimately have literally gotten worse every year since he's been here. Um, what What are your qualifications out of this next head coach and what you want to see them do? Yeah, I mean, the only thing, the big thing I want is I want to hire a player's coach. I don't want another... Yeah. yeah. The only one that doesn't work is... Or the only one that has worked is Bill Belichick that's yep. not a player's coach. Correct. Every other coach Absolutely. that's really yep. good We talked about this before. Sean McVay, yep. um, Pete Carroll, you can name... You just go down the line list all these John coaches. John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, name it, it works. Yes. Every Brian good Flores team that we're going to talk part. about here in a second... It all has a as a relatively players coach. Yeah, uh, so I I would love to see the, like best case scenario would be players coach like the 49ers defensive coordinator. He's always on the sideline. He's always he's doing, hyped. Yeah, he's, he's hyped. hyped. Yep. He's always make everyone want to play more. Yep. And then just hiring really good coordinators who you can trust that can kind of are kind of like I always equate it to my from my middle school experience. You had like the vice principal that was kind of like would always go around and hang out with everybody. Mm-hmm. Then you had the principal that was like. Okay, like they do all the work and everything. I feel like like the head coach would be like the vice principal, even though it's like weird hierarchy. Where like you want them to be like, all right, like everything's going good, yep. game manager and everything. But the coordinators are calling all the plays and like yep. telling you like, hey, this is what you gotta do better. Hey, yep. you're missing this. Hey, yep. and like have Absolutely. them be more the enforcers on the team. They, and that's a big thing too for me. And when you look at Caldwell's tenure and you look at Patricia's tenure, the one thing you can say is that from an offensive and defense, I'm gonna take special teams out of it for a second here. No offense. Um, when you look at it, they have not had good coordinators here. Carol Lawson had one good season, and it was a disaster. Um, Joe Lombardi was here for six games, a total cluster. And then Jim Bob Cooter had 12 games where he was efficient, and then that was a disaster. Um, you know, Bevel, another guy, right? He's going to be the interim head coach. Um, we had a half a season mm-hmm. where it looked good, and it's looked awful this entire year. Um, and Corey Unlin's just whatever the hell Patricia wanted to run. So, yeah, like, he's not anything. So, when you look at it, I don't, you know, when you look at teams that have been successful, they have guys ready to go, whether it's college or the pros, right? That's why Urban Meyer, for me, is technically on the list. I don't know if it's necessarily worth the risk or not, but it may not hurt to do it. I know he would fit better at Michigan than he would for the Detroit Lions, but Jim Harbaugh still technically has a job right now, so I can't, I can't speculate on that. But... Some of these programs and some of these other teams, you know, it's like they lose a guy and, they, and the next guy just fills right in, right? Like, you know, Doug Peterson was an OC for Kansas City. He goes to Philadelphia. All oh, Eric Bieniemy's here now. And, he, and it's it's just a consistent tree of good stuff where, you know, you need a guy that comes in and brings with him two bona fide studs at coordinator mm-hmm. to come in here and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to roll now, right? Like, I'm going to game manage. I'm, everyone's going to want to play for me, run through that brick wall. Let's go, team, yeah. team, team. And then you got two guys that are calling plays that are really pulling the strings, and you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And let's, you know, let's really change what this team is about. The Rams did it. Sean McVay went, all right, I'm going to be the OC still, kind of. I'm going to be the guy, but I'm going to be a player's guy. I'm going to bring Wade Phillips in to be my head coach on defense, basically. 
Uh, when Harbaugh was in the Niners, he had Greg Roman, who fit Kaepernick's style so well, and they were so successful. And he brings in Vic Fangio, who is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos, who's had phenomenal defenses for both the Bears and even in Denver now, they're playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. So guys like that, where you have two solid coordinators to come in and go, yep, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And the ability to understand, like Mike Tomlin has, where it's like, okay, I'm going to hire uh, Haley or whatever his name is, the, the OC there. All right, this ain't working with him and Big Ben. He gone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to promote Big Ben's quarterback coach now to be offensive coordinator because they have that synergy, and now they're undefeated, right? Mm -hmm. Having the ability to do that and understanding that I need to play to my player's strengths is something we did not see out of this play last regime at all. Mm -hmm. That's what we need, and we need that in the biggest way possible. So I don't know. I'm actually really excited to see. This is Sheila Fordham's first run at this. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. So it's going to be exciting for sure. Um, did you watch her press conference at all? I watched a little bit. Did you see the highlights basically? Yeah. Um, any, any, any takeaways from that? Cause I had, I had one big one, um, um but not, I, I wanted to get your opinion first. Uh, not really. She didn't really say, she did one of those, like, didn't really say anything kind oh, of yeah. press, press conferences. conferences for the most part. So, um, yeah. not really. Yeah. Uh, she just was like, I, I did like the one question where they're like, Hey, so like. Were these last two games like the last straw? And she was like, "Yeah, they were." Yeah, and I just like, thought it was really like, funny. I was like, yeah, she was she's like, like pretty, clearly it wasn't working." Yeah, and she, I laughed. Yeah, so she hard. was like, she was like pretty blunt. She was like, "Yeah, these last two games, like you lost to an XFL quarterback. Like, yeah, yeah it's it's pretty rough." Yeah, and the one thing that I took away from it that I can at least appreciate is the fact that she didn't make a promise of like, "Oh, this is the plan." Mm -hmm. Like, and I can and and here's why I appreciate that. It's because. How many years now we like, oh, every year, every time our coach gets fired, we're going to have an extensive search and blah, 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 the, the prototypical answer. But she told, at the very beginning, she goes, listen, you guys have a lot of questions I don't have answers to mm -hmm. right now, which I can appreciate for a couple reasons. Number one, it's because she's not going out there and saying, oh, we're going to hire the best coach ever and he's going to win us a Super Bowl in three years. Mm -hmm. She's not saying that. She's saying that we're going to try to do what we can do. And she's like, and we're going to exhaust all options, which I do think means the college ranks. I do. I genuinely do think that they are going to do that. Um, I do think that Bob Quinn especially has done things that have helped this organization from a scouting perspective. I do think that they have done a better job drafting. Tracy Walker would not be a Detroit Lion under Martin Mayhew. Wouldn't be a thing. Sorry, just wouldn't be a thing. I don't think Kenny Galladay would be here if, if, if Bob Quinn wasn't looking at him. So I think there are certain people that you can look at and say that these guys would not be here. Now, there's other people that you can all say, well, we never would have signed that guy either, which you can, which you can argue. But... I do think they've done a better job scouting and being prepared for the draft in the years past where we're not taking Larry Webster, who's just a athletic guy that has no real position in the fourth round. So, like, there are things that they've done better since Bob Quinn got here. Um, and the fact that she was so blunt and saying, listen, it wasn't working, right? We've been thinking about it for a while. These last two games were really what broke the camel's back, but we don't have answers right now. We just fired the guy... We gotta get it. We gotta get a list together. I don't know. They're probably gonna bring in some sort of firm. They're gonna get help from the league. Um, there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of stuff here. Um, but the 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 key to take away from this is, is that this is going to be a rebuild, mm -hmm. and you can feel it. Um, I'm not gonna get in on Stafford and anything right now. We've already been talking about this for shoot 30, 25, 30 minutes. Um, but that is something that we will probably approach in the off season, mm -hmm. um, especially depending on who the new head coach is going to be and what they say about him. Um, but something to look at as well. But I think we need to, as Lions fans, I know the phrase patience makes people want like their skin to crawl a little bit, but you have a lot of 
damage that you need to recover from mm -hmm. from these last three years. So you really are going to need to like take a little bit. In Lions ownership, whether people want to say it or not, this Lions job is going to be enticing because Lions ownership is patient. They are patient. They allow the people that they hire to really realize a vision before they pull the plug. I mean, shoot, Millen was here for 10 years, and it wasn't working since day one, and yet they gave it 10 years. Martin Mayhew, they gave year after year, even though it wasn't working, and two coaches. They gave Bob Quinn a coaching. You know, so, like, there has been a track record of patience by the Lions organization from the front office perspective. So if you like a guy or you think that it's heading in the right direction, you're definitely going to see whether or not it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Because the Lions don't want to fire anybody if they don't have to. They want to keep – if they would have hired Andy Reid or somebody, Andy Reid have a job here for life. Yeah. It's just what it is. You know what I mean? So something to take into consideration as well. All right. Last topic of the day here. Let's get to it, Mike. I know you've been chomping at the bit a little bit. I know I've been rambling about Lions talk, but it's the finally first set of good news and some optimism about yeah. the team in a while. Um, Mike's got a list of, what, eight teams? Yes. Eight, eight teams that he has here. Uh, I'm going to say eight and a half. Eight and a half. All right. That's <laughs> weird. I don't know how you got half a team, but okay. Um, but, you know, a list of teams that he has that are potential Super Bowl contenders and maybe their possible flaws. And, Mike, I'm going to put the I'm gonna put a little bit of pressure on you here. Give me okay. who wins the Super Bowl. Give me your Super Bowl matchup. Okay. And give me who wins well, the Well, I'm going to give well. you that at the very end. Yeah. No, that's no, no, after, 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 after yeah, all this. After this. Basically, yeah. I'm just going to shoot. I'm going to tell you. What yep. I like, basically, I think every single team outside of two have a very major hole or flaw in their game. Yep. And I'm going to shoot at you and see if you agree with me and this on is, any of these. And this is the perfect time to do this, too, because we're at week 12, right? Is it week yeah. 12 right now? Week 12, they're um, about 10 games. We're, you we're, you're, 10 right games. In, you're right in the thick of it. You know who's a contender yeah. and who's not. Um, not I think, even record-wise, just like looking at them. Yeah, you go, I, I, like, I, every team I name, no one's going to be like, oh, oh you're wow. going to name that yeah. team. Right. But I think that I, I'm going to acknowledge your big flaw and the thing that makes you so good yep. and see Absolutely. it well overweighs in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with the NFC East, okay. and there are no teams in the NFC East, unfortunately, yeah. that I can name because – Washington's going to probably win the division, and maybe, if they're lucky, squeak out a game. Maybe. They won't squeak out a game. But we'll see. Um, so we're going to start with the NFC North. Yep. There's one team in the NFC North yep. that is on my list. That is the Green Bay Packers. Yep. I think offensively, they do what they do. Aaron Rodgers is playing phenomenal yep. this year. I think he has like 26 touchdowns and three picks or something this year, or something crazy like that. Um, Devontae Adams is playing great. Aaron Rodgers is playing great. They're one. Aaron Jones is. Aaron Jones, yeah. Aaron Jones is playing phenomenal. Devontae Adams is there. Aaron Rodgers is right. playing lights out. Um, their one big flaw is their run defense. They have no answers for any run defense. Yep. And really, I'll, I'll even add on to kind of any team that plays physically with them. Mm -hmm. They are. Mm -hmm. The they trenches. Would, yeah, yeah, they would remind me more of like if we went to basketball teams like the Golden State Warriors, yep. where they're very finesse. Yep. But the second teams like start punch you in the mouth, punch you in the mouth, you're like, oh, you're like, oh shit, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. So I would say that's your major flaw. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a, the biggest flaw in the NFC, but I think it's a big flaw to the three or four teams I'm going to name. For in a AFC, minute here for the AFC for sure yeah and yeah, and, that's, and honestly like I look at it and you're and you're absolutely right right is the teams that beat up Green Bay historically have been the teams that have been more physical yeah. you look at the Niners over over years when Harbaugh was there right they beat the living dog crap out of yeah. that offensive line right and, and last year they had no answers yeah. for for well even this year you look at their three losses they lost to the yeah, Colts because which, the Colts just ran up all over oh, them. Yeah. 
Uh, they got blown out by the Bucks, who ran up all over them, and Dalvin Cook had four touchdowns against yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's all yeah, him exactly. running all over you. For sure. So you have For three sure. really bad run defensive games, yeah. yep. and I think when you're playing teams like Seahawks who have Chris Carson and good running backs, or you have you play the Bucks maybe again or something, I think you're going to run into those problems. And I think also, too, you have to look at it, and the, the Packers do not do well playing from behind. No. That is not their game at all. They want to strike first yep. and coast. That's what they want to do, because Rodgers is so good – when he is in control, right? When when Rodgers is able to just methodically go down the field and not have and not that he doesn't or that he can't, but like when you have to force that offense to strictly go to the air and you only really have Devontae Adams yeah. and a whole bunch of sub tier after that, it's hard. Mm-hmm. When Aaron Jones is rolling, you know the Packers are gonna win that game because yeah. Aaron Jones is really what makes the offense really run or Aaron Rodgers is the best player but if they have the run game going with Aaron Jones as we saw against the Lions it, it Rodgers is so much more deadly because if he only has to throw the ball 30 times a game you're done yeah. because that means the run game just destroyed you so yeah. you're absolutely right that they they need to be able to stop the run because teams are doing what they want to do to them mm-hmm. which is dictating the pace and dominating early yeah. and, and then they're unable to play from behind yeah so I would say that's the main but yeah. I think they're a very good team they're they're um, a very, very good team I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders yet though honestly I I I they're one they're one of the five in the NFC I'm like if they were in the Super Bowl I'd go I mean, okay, I, mean I get it I'd be like okay yeah but like depending on who we have in the AFC I I don't necessarily know if I'd pick them either oh no I, I don't think mean? I'd pick them yeah. with the two teams I think yeah um so we're gonna now jump to the NFC South because there are no more NFC North teams I yeah. think that can make it no. uh so Bears the first falling apart Minnesota yeah. is too late. so actually these two teams I'm gonna lump together because I think they have the same problem yeah sure uh so we're gonna talk about the Buccaneers yep. and the Saints okay I think overall basically their team is very well put together yep. I think the one fall for both teams is their quarterback play <laughs> which I is think crazy which is crazy when you think the two re- two of the what top five six great Gort- ever. ever all right and that's their problem but brady can't really throw the deep ball anymore yep. and uh, more of what i'm going to say about the quarterback play is i think that if you get behind in a game like if drew Brees down seven with a minute 20 left having to drive the length of the field i don't know if he can do it anymore so i just don't think he can throw the ball far yeah. enough accurately enough the, to like the push the ball down the field the if he needs it. Inconsistency at the quarterback position. I think Bruce Arians even said he goes, whether we win or not is dependent upon what quarterback I get. Exactly. Whether I'm gonna get Tom Brady or I'm gonna get whatever the hell that Tom Brady is. Yeah. And that and that's a fair assessment where Brady at times, like when they played Green Bay, it yeah. was a mauling. Yeah. Like you know, where you're like, oh shoot, like Tampa's the nut gotta be the favorite now yeah. after this. Exactly. Game. But then they go and lose to the you know, name a team. Or they play, the, it's 28 to 26 against the Giants, and you're like, you're like what, what, what happened? What happened? Yeah, exactly. picks or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I think both those teams have that same problem where, like, you'll, you'll be beating up on whatever team, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, wait, Drew Brees just threw two picks and is losing to this? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I think kinda, they both lost the long ball, quite frankly. Yes. I think Brady's got a little bit more left in it than Drew does. Yes. I think Drew's just gotten hit a lot more, too, which does not help. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I, I would agree with you that they are both so contingent upon the short passing game, which if you're Tampa, that's not the way Bruce Arians wants to run the exactly. offense because you want to stretch the field and go, and Tom's not able to really that's do that. That's why I think that's more of a detriment to the uh... To the Bucks, yeah, for sure. Because they want like the Saints are cool, just dipping and dunking, yeah, and like they're like slant, 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 slant. Slant. Yep. But my problem would be if you're playing Green Bay and you're down seven with a minute and twenty left, and you're at your own twenty, yeah. you're like, can you? move the ball down the field efficiently to yep. go win that game. Yep. I don't know if you can. And I think, so. too, uh, to your point, though, a little bit, I think I'll, I think that your weapons need to help you out a little bit, too. Like, yeah. I haven't heard Mike Evans 
be Mike Evans mm-hmm. quite Not yet. Really. You know what I mean? Like we talk about all these weapons, you know, Antonio Brown. Still waiting on that one to be, oh, 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 I'm mad and I'm sure they're great. But, you know, like in, in real life, you're, you're not seeing 35 points a game with ease, right? Like the Saints, same thing. Like Michael Thomas has been in and out of the lineup and he's been crazy. Emmanuel Sanders has been hurt. So you've been relying on Camara, which is great. But, like, at the same time, you know, these quarterbacks are, you know, they're halfway through their lives. Like yeah. not quarterback, like their lives. Yeah, and, legitimately. You know, like. They could be having midlife crises right now, and they're still trying to play at a high level. You kind of need to help them out a little bit, too. Yeah. But I agree with you 100% that the quarterback position on both teams is definitely their biggest source of concern, which is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to shoot to NFC West. Yep. The first team I'll bring up is the LA Rams. I think they legitimately can, with that defense that they have, mm-hmm. is so good. Like, yeah. so good. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they are great defensively i think the thing that will hold them back offensively is the lack of a run game mm-hmm. i don't think they have much of a run game yeah. i don't even have a problem really with jared goff in the offense because they have so many weapons yeah. that they just kind of go kind of deacon and dunk. you could throw it over the top a few times but they have a good enough passing game that can sustain in the playoffs yeah. but they just don't have the threat really of a run game at the moment where mm-hmm. i'm like most teams are just gonna be like all right let's go nickel defense what well, we won't even have to really stack the box yeah. slow the run down yeah and then have Jared yeah, Goff be and, us. Yeah, and that's the key, right? And that's, and that's where problem. I was about. It's it's both is, is that I don't know if Jared Goff, strictly on his arm, can win you a football game. They're doing yeah. such a great job defensively right now of holding teams under 20 points or 21 yeah. points right around that. Like we saw against Seattle. They really stifled what, what, they, what they wanted to it's do against offense. Russ. They, Ramsey shut down Metcalf completely, mm-hmm. right? So, and then you're able to double lock it basically because of that and there's not really the third option there for Seattle. I know they have more and they have a couple other guys but like the two big dogs are, if you're yeah. shutting those down it's gonna be really hard to win football exactly. games and they were getting pressure when they needed to um so when you look at some of those some of these games and you're like what are they doing to the good teams in the NFL? I don't care what you're doing to Jacksonville I care about what you're doing yeah. to the good teams and what they're doing is they're controlling the pace they're keeping offenses off the field and golf is doing enough Right, he's not turning the ball over as much as he did last year, and they're and I think that McVeigh is doing a nice job of, of making sure that his offense is not as predictable as it was from the Super Bowl two years ago, all of last season to now. Like that, they've done a complete offensive overhaul a little bit, where like instead of it's constantly the three wide receiver set, and you know, all right, one of three options is coming out yeah. of this. They're doing a really nice job of protecting golf and making the reads just a little bit easier. Um, but their defense is really keeping them in games. But to your point. When they need the money drive to close out a game, can they do it? Yeah. We're running the football, and I don't know if they can. Yeah, exactly. If they need a yeah. three-play, get a first and shot, end the game, I don't know if they're going to run you, it. You know what's that. weird is I don't know what – I think there are certain teams I feel like they would match up better against than others, where you could see them maybe make a run to the NFC Championship game depending on how the seeding lines exactly, up. Yeah. Where if they're like at the bottom and then all of a sudden, okay, they got to play, they got to play Tampa first and, you know, Tampa gets up early. You're like, oh, maybe this is not the best team. But I think they could, I think they match up well with Green Bay because they dominate the trenches as well as they do. So it's a weird, it's a weird like, okay, if they squeak in at the sixth seed, who do they play at at that point, right, to make that run? Yep. And then the final team I'll bring up is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think 
everyone in the world knows their big fatal flaws, how bad their defense is, is. generally. Oh, it's Their passing defense is worse in the league. Their run defense, I think, is like 26th in the league, so it's not even that much better mm-hmm. uh, relatively. But uh, they all, I will say, for one, just to defend them like an ounce of a sight of a bit, they've had a lot of injuries. <laughs> they've lot, they, they're on their fourth-string corner yeah. against Arizona and still somehow beat them. Mm-hmm. So they've had a lot of injuries in the secondary. I find it interesting that you didn't bring up Arizona in this. I, I have a reason why I didn't bring up Arizona, but we'll finish Seattle I'll bring up Arizona. But I think Seattle, offensively, I think if they can do what they do offensively, if Russ plays like Russ, I think the skies... I think their ceiling can be very high because of how good offensively they can be. But defensively, I don't think there's a game that they're going to hold a team under like 25, 28 points, yep. especially in the playoffs. So I'm like... So that means Russell Wilson at least have to get 31 to beat you, mm-hmm. regardless of what team you're going to play. Yep. And that's a hard task and for I, anybody. Here's and, and I'm going to throw another, like, just a little bit of one out there, too, is is that for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is, we, we, last year I think was a microcosm of what Seattle is right now, where mm-hmm. when they played Green Bay, Russ really couldn't get out of the gate, you know what I mean? And Green yeah. Bay did a really nice job. I am really concerned that's what's going to happen again this year because Russ has... And I think this, unfortunately, because Russ is phenomenal, right? But it feels like it's almost in a vacuum where, like, there'll be a four-game stretch where he throws 16 touchdowns in four games. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be another four-game stretch where he throws six touchdowns in three picks. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And and I know, and trust me, as a Matthew Stafford guy, I understand that it is all on his arm. I understand that completely. Mm -hmm. So I get that thing. But I'm a little worried that when when playoff time comes... We're gonna. Which Russell Wilson am yeah. I going to? Get? I think. I think the big key for Seattle as a whole is, I guess, twofold: Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde just yes. being there. Yeah. Helps. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Because, not starting Marshawn Lynch off the couch in a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, or having Travis Homer as your only other running back there right. is not going to help you get it done. Yep. Because I think Russ does historically start out slow. The problem or the benefit that they normally have in the regular season mm-hmm. is Chris Carson kind of controls the first drive, yep. lets Russell get in a groove. Yeah. And then right. every and time that, after and then that. the big plays open up because you have to put more in the box. Exactly. You get man to man coverage and then it's over. Yeah, exactly. The problem against like the Rams, you have DJ Dallas. The Rams are like, we're not worried about DJ Dallas literally at all. At all. Right. So we're just going to pl- have seven guys go- drop yep. back into coverage yep. and, and then you're forcing stuff to cover three all games. So we can't, you can't take the top off and exactly. you don't have anybody in the middle of the field can beat us anyway yeah yeah so i think that's yeah. the problem but if chris carson's there i think the sky's really the limit for them because i think yeah. it opens up the run the defense is, the defense pass. is definitely a liability but i think they can make enough plays you know carlos dunlap is playing really really well for yes. them right now really really well um you know bobby wagner's still there i like flowers they have pieces on each level that yeah. i'm like jamal adams right that I, well. that I think is fine right the problem is that when it all comes together it's okay after the number one guy that you talked about okay who's after that and you're like Oh, great. I got Quandre Diggs, which is fine, but yeah. like I he ain't fast, clearly. You know, but so there are certain there are certain guys with you know, I just really need to see Russ take over and just like go full Russell Wilson mode in the playoffs where I know that he can. Yeah. Like last year I was so disappointed when they lost to Green Bay. Not because they lost to Green Bay because I was pissed about that, but I was also like like I feel like if I got this game nine out of ten times, I'd still bet Seattle every time. I just feel like the game would have been different. It yeah. was a really weird game. So I'm more, I don't want that to happen again because I think Seattle has a really good chance of beating some of these other AFC teams. Yes, I agree. 
Um, and then the who's reason your, who's your favorite out of out of NFC real quick before we talk about Arizona? Uh, the Saints are my favorite. The Saints are your favorite, just because. Oh. Uh, well, when you have your quarterback hurt and you're still beating on teams, yeah, I think I think they're just the most well-rounded team. We saw that they can destroy the Bucks twice this season. It wasn't no. even like an anomaly. No, like they destroyed the Bucks Both and without times. Mike Thomas and Emmanuel yeah. Sanders for part of the season, yeah. and you're eight and two and number one. I think it's just really hard. I think they're the most complete team. Yeah. However, I do think that probably they get upset somewhere. Yeah. Like it's hard it for me like to. It seems like that's their mo. Yeah, it's just point. hard for me yeah. to confidently go. Yeah, Saints are gonna go to the Super Bowl because yeah. every single year a yeah. team like Seattle will just all of a sudden, all right, he's gonna throw six touchdowns and just beat you because they always have that one big defensive golf where you're just like, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you though. I, I would Saints, probably put the Saints. Yeah, up there. like an easy pick would be the Saints, but like I would I, probably I have know. Seattle at two, Green Bay at three. Um, yeah. that's probably my top three right yeah, now. Yeah, Bucks and. Packers are like yeah. mixing. There, I added the Rams because I think they could be a dark horse for how good their defense is. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't add Arizona was because I think they're too inexperienced. And I think Kyler Murray, like first playoff game, I think he would do fine. But if he's going up against the Saints because they're going to probably be the seventh seed if stuff goes out how it should be right now, Arizona will probably be the seventh. So they're going to play yeah, right, Arizona, Green Bay again. You're going to play Kyler Murray Tampa. makes big time throws in big time time, but he also makes big time turnovers yes. in big time, and I think that is a problem where you know their mo at yeah. late of the game. It's DeAndre Hopkins. So you know what I'm going to do? Double DeAndre. I'm going to de- I'm going to double triple DeAndre Hopkins and make anybody else beat. So him. yeah, just for that reason, I yeah. think I think if you tell me a year from now, they're. Mm-hmm. Even in a little better spot, I'll go. Arizona's a favorite for me yeah. to make the Super Bowl, yeah. but right now I'm like, I think you're just a little too inexperienced. For I'm me. still gonna make Kyler throw the ball too. Oh, 100%. the Lions did a really nice job again. And if and if you know, give credit to Matt Patricia a little bit here from a defensive standpoint, they shut down the run game against Arizona, right? Kenny Drake, I don't, I don't even know if he played, but the point is, is that they they, they made them one dimensional mm-hmm. and they made Kyler, you know, even though the game was close, no doubt about it, Kyler had three turnovers against this Lions defense. I mean, he threw a duck. Okuda makes a nice play on a badly thrown ball, and then Collins basically just reads him because he's staring down a receiver. So the Lions did some nice things against Kyler, you know, that yes. forced them into bad positions. So even though they only scored 16, 19 points or whatever it was, you know, if you're forcing Kyler to sit back there and sit and really read, that is where he's going to struggle, especially if he can't move out of the pocket, yeah. and that's going to be huge. Yeah, so my favorite would be yeah. Saints out of the NFC. Now okay. we'll go to the AFC. There's yeah. only three teams. Um, all right, okay, there's like three. There's like three, but two of them are kind of fighting for the third spot. <laughs> All right. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, so in the AFC East, I have trouble finding a team in the AFC East yeah. that I feel confidently about. I guess I'll bring up the Bills like I kind of do with Arizona. My but biggest, I don't... One of my bigger letdown teams of the year is the yeah. Buffalo Bills. For me. And there are records like, oh, we're 7-3, but then you play Tennessee or Kansas City and you get dog walked by both of them. And I'm like, yeah. I love that phrase, dog walk. <laughs> So yeah, so they were so they were they were they are good. I think they'll you know they they'll are? win the division. You, know, you want to know who they are? Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I had a buddy of mine. He worked in the Bills front office as like an intern for a little bit. Um, is that they're the Lions under Jim Caldwell? Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. They beat the bad teams and they beat them pretty handily for the most part. Yeah. But they lose to all the good teams and they're mm-hmm. not competitive against the good teams. The yeah. Lions first year they went eleven and five. They played New England that year. Got. Decimated. Played yep. Green Bay at the end of the year, got destroyed. There are just certain games that they don't win that yep. you need to win if you want to be considered a legitimate contender. And I would say if like the top two teams in this AFC side weren't there, I would go. I would probably give you a better shot. But yep. right now, with the two teams that you're gonna have to play, I don't think there's a much shot for you guys at all. Absolutely. And then I'll bring up the AFC South. 
because these are the two teams I think have a kind of chance yeah. are the Colts and Titans because yeah. Colts defense is phenomenal yeah. whether you like they're Phil playing, Rivers or not. They're playing really, really dude. Darius Leonard is so, so underrated. Good. Oh I don't my even god, no! Like he's so phenomenal. He's just he's an athletic freak, and we got dog outside or something. Yeah, no. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he's such an athletic. He's everything that you want in a linebacker. It, yeah, like I'm so jealous that they have him because if we had something like that in our defense, oh my gosh, it would it would mask so many things. Yeah, it it's would. insane. Yeah. So Darius Leonard, I think like with the same with uh, the Bucks and Saints, Phil Rivers obviously the big problem. Yeah. If you can get over that hump, I think this defense could probably carry you to a AFC Championship I'm, game. I'm really also put to. on for Rivers just in a little bit of defense. Him, they don't have a number one receiver right that now. That too. They don't have. A tr- like T.Y. Hilton is not T.Y. Hilton four years ago. Yeah. Michael Pittman, he's, he's a not rookie. Like your your Marlon Mack is out for the year, mm-hmm. so you're you're really hurting run game wise. I know I know Jonathan Taylor, he's fine, but like it's one of those things where like you need to their offense does not have like third and ten. I'm going to this guy. Yeah, they don't have that guy. Yeah, agreed. So like that's kind which of helps, we- which hurts Phillip a yeah, lot. That, yeah, so that's like the weakness no of doubt. the team, and I yep. think the other two teams I'm going to talk about in a minute are going to probably beat them yep. pretty handily. Their defense, but, though, you definitely can you can travel with that defense. But yes. here's the thing: I think the Colts could beat the Bills. That's the thing. exactly. So that's, so why that's why it's why hard it. to give me the Bills. You're like the Bills got a shot, and I go, mm, when the wild card teams have a pretty good chance of beating you, just as good as anybody else does. Yeah, and, and then the, yeah. and then bringing up the Titans just because Derrick Henry is such a monster offense, and you can control the pace yeah. of them. But they're probably the same kind of like Seattle, where their defense is atrocious, kind which of. is crazy. Because you know, and that's what's funny from Lions fans' perspective. Like, oh, we should have hired Mike Vrabel. I'm like, yeah, but Mike Vrabel came in and like Tannehill's playing out of his mind, which Tannehill's no one saw. Tannehill's playing great. Yeah. Derrick Henry's a monster. The right. receivers are good. The defense still ain't stopping nobody. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that's the thing is, I think Kansas City puts up 65 points on them, but they'll try to control the pace to lower that score, mm-hmm. but they're just going to outscore them. Mm-hmm. So those are my, I guess I brought up three subpars yeah. that are going to be in the wild card or win their divisions, mm-hmm. but are probably going to get upset by these next two teams I'm going to bring up who I do think are the absolute favorites. Okay. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, yep. I think. And these are the two teams I struggle to really find a big weakness in. Okay. Uh, Kansas City... Great offensively, like legitimately awesome offensively. I yeah, can't say not, more about that. Not, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know of a team that's able to stop it. Yeah, legitimately, right like, like it's tough. There's just it's not, and that's the thing too. It's not just speed, like you know, like scheme, it's and scheme. That's play the part. calling. And They're so just, balanced. Yeah. They're so balanced. I mean, take Le'Veon Bell out of it. That's just like a cherry on top. Yeah. But like Clyde Edwards Solaire, and they had Damian Williams. It's like, man, they are just running the ball. They, so they can run the ball efficiently. They can throw over the top. Guy. They can dink and dunk you. You got Travis yeah. Kelsey. I think I guess I would say their defense is the problem, but their defense is really their good. Their passing too. defense is one of the top in the league. I mean, the yeah. run defense, I guess, but because you're down 14 in the first quarter. Screw running the ball. Yeah. You don't need to. And the, here's the thing that kills about the Kansas City Chiefs is, on third down, who do you cover? It, it, like, it legitimately. Who do you cover? Yeah. You, okay, all right, we're going to box Tyreek in so he doesn't take the top off. Okay, well, Travis Kelsey is the, arguably the best tight end, him and Kittle. So yeah. he's the best tight end in football right now. You're going to go, okay, you're going to double him. All right, well, you got Watkins there. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, well, they're running a three-hour receiver set, so... Uh, McCole Hardman, he's gonna he's gonna also be out there too. He's oh, also we'll flex out. out uh, yeah, we're gonna flex out Clyde over stars. Really? Now we're four wide. Okay, maybe Travis Kelsey stays in. Okay, now we gotta change our scheme completely and gotta drop over. Oh wait, somebody's open. Yeah, it's 
it's insane the and amount Patrick, of weapons that they have. Exactly. So that's that's my that's the first team I'll mention is yeah. I, I I struggle to find a years or years you know last couple of years we've kind of given them some crap about their defense but their defense their secondary is playing lights out right now we so, we've seen it all year this is not a mirage this is their defense Steve Spagnuolo is a once again goes back to my point about the Lions thing Andy Reid going there needs to be a change we didn't get to the Super Bowl with crap defense we're gonna bring Steve Spagnuolo in who is a defensive savant. For several different teams, and he's gonna he's gonna transform the defense, right? And and here you are now, yep. right? And it's like, uh Yep. And then the last thing I'll bring up is obviously the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team. Okay. Um I think their defense is phenomenal. I think their defense is the only team that has a in football that has any relative of a chance to yep. slow down yep. the Chiefs. Yep. Plus they have the offense that if it did go to like a 30, 40 point shootout, I think can score enough points to try to keep up with them yeah and that is those for me are the only two afc teams i think i think they will all walk all over any other team in the afc Mm -hmm. the ravens we've seen that they can't beat either one of them the browns can't beat either one of them give me your analysis on the ravens right now because that's a team that when we coming into the season you're like wow there's not a weakness on this roster their secondary looks good their front seven looks good you got a good offensive line i know ronnie staley's out so that sucks right lamar coming off an mvp year Give me your thought. I have a couple thoughts on on why it hasn't panned yeah. out the way it has, but I want to I want to hear. I just your think assessment. they're a little too one dimensional. Yeah. Uh, offensively, I okay. think defensively they're pretty good. Yeah, they're I mean, solid. they they play the Steelers. They only put up like twenty four points or something against yeah. Steelers, mm-hmm. or allowed, I guess you could say. Uh, they play the Chiefs. They only allow like twenty eight points against the Chiefs too. Defensively, Balls, I think, yeah, they actually played well against the Chiefs. They just defensively, yeah, they were they were always just like that second. I watched that game start yeah. to finish, but their offense couldn't get up. so their defense. It's three and out. And they're back out there. They're like, dude, like I gotta I gotta keep up with three guys that are running four two. Yeah, exactly. That's not happening. That's that's the problem. Yeah. I think Baltimore just doesn't have the. They don't have the receiving pieces to kind of that that was put that, over the that was my takeaway is that they don't have the receiving core. To help Lamar, yeah. because Lamar is not a pure thrower. We, we can say we can say whatever you. He's electric. I'm not taking away from the guy's talent, but from a strictly, I'm gonna make you throw. You are not allowed. You're not going to run on me. We are gonna bracket contain, and we are gonna do whatever we can to make sure you stay in this pocket and beat us throwing the football. Yeah. You can't do it because you not get. You know, I don't think Marquise Brown is living up to the Hollywood Brown name. You know, Snead is fine. You're you just signed Des Bryant to your active roster, which okay, there ain't no separation there, but maybe he's your intermediate guy. You don't have a guy right now that they can rely on consistently from a receiving standpoint to help Lamar out. Yes. Which is why Lamar's numbers are down, mm-hmm. which is because they're not as explosive because no one saw a run game like they had before. Stuff like that. That's why teams like New England are so hard to reproduce because they, they won every year a different way. Baltimore had the greatest running offense ever. Okay, but people are going to find answers to it mm-hmm. at some point. You got a whole off season to change your roster and to change the way you you attack these people. And Tennessee showed you how to beat them. So it's like you know teams just look at what happened and what in your losses and go, this is how you beat this team. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's if you're not evolving, you're dying. And right now, I think they're dying just a little bit because of the fact that they don't have that. Like they would benefit so much. From like trading up and like what the Falcons did with Julio Jones and mm-hmm. grabbing a legit badass dude yeah, on the outside, they would, you know. 100%. But they're they're missing that right now, and Lamar is suffering, and his play has suffered a lot because of that. Yes. he needs to he needs to learn how to throw the ball. That's the reality of it. 
Um, give me your give so, me your favorite out of the AFC. Give me my Super Bowl matchup. Who's winning? Yeah, so ruin the season for everybody right now, Mike. Yeah, so the AFC one is tough because I think, like I said, I really hope the, we get Pittsburgh. I hope we get a Baltimore Kansas City or Baltimore Raven or Baltimore Pittsburgh game somehow in the playoffs yeah. somehow, and I hope we get a Kansas City. In Pittsburgh, one. Too. Oh no! I I hope the yeah. AFC Championship game is Chiefs Steelers. Yeah. I think that would just be. Yeah. All right. This is probably one of great Let's games roll. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna probably take Kansas City slightly over because I think that offense is just too good. Regardless of how good that Steelers defense can be, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the Chiefs just slightly more. I don't know more. if Ben's got enough in them to, to keep up. Exactly. That's That's I just problem. don't know if they have enough. If 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 it wasn't Big Ben and if it was almost like. Any, no, I'm not like it's gonna like sound like I'm being bad to Big Ben, mm-hmm. but like if they had any, like if they had like a, a great quarterback that was playing right now in his prime, mm-hmm. like I think we had like, Big Ben five years ago. Yeah, Big yeah. Ben. If they had like how Justin Herbert's playing yeah. on that Steelers team, I'd go Steelers. Like yeah. I would even bat an eyelash because yeah. of how Big Ben. I think they could score points, just maybe not enough enough points. Mm-hmm. I I'll probably take Chiefs and I'll probably take Saints. Yeah. And I'll probably say Chiefs win again. Yeah, I think I, right now the Chiefs look like the best team in football. Yeah. I know the record. I will say though, best. I think the Saints could give them problems because I think Saints will dictate that pace. Camaro and Michael Thomas. Yeah, you're gonna have some rough answers for that. The problem is, is that the problem is if you're the Chiefs, it's like they score at will. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you have to get the Chiefs down early, then yes. you, and that's you the do what the Niners did is yep. you go up yep. seven or run ten or whatever, run the and just start ball. running the ball again. Yeah, run the ball, and, and not, then and then don't start throwing in the fourth quarter, Shanahan. Yeah, that's interesting for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of pretty much in lockstep with you. It's hard to kind of argue the logic. Um, you know, this year we went from thinking, wow, there's a lot of different teams that could have big years. Buffalo, Philadelphia were two teams we were both really high on going into the season. Yeah. That re- Buffalo looks fine, but once again, I don't think they're anything more than, you know, they're, they'll win 10 games, but yeah. I don't I don't think that they're, they're necessarily a threat yet um, to do anything. Josh Allen does not play well in big games at all. No. Um, so that that's a. I do think it would be interesting if you get because I I would love my in my heart of hearts because I think last year the Chiefs got off a little easy. Yeah, they, they, played kinda, they didn't really they play anybody. anybody. I yeah. would love because Baltimore lost early. If the Chiefs had a gauntlet of, and I'm going to include the Raiders in here just because the Raiders just give them problems for some reason. Do. I don't know why. Because they run the ball. Because they run the they ball run really ball. efficiently. If the Chiefs had to go through a gauntlet of like the the Raiders, Tennessee, and the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl. I will cr- I'll be like, all right, there you go. That was yeah. that's it. Right. Because you just went through three, I think, toughest, or maybe even if you want to add, yeah, three teams that do what you're do the worst at, which is yeah. stop the run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. or maybe I'll even add the Colts instead of the Titans because that defense is so good yeah. or something. Like one of those three, four team combinations. If you go through all of those, get to the Super Bowl and beat like the Saints or something, I'll go. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I can't. I can't argue this year. That was great. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. We're right at the cusp here. We're, we're three quarters of the way through the year almost. Yeah, it's, it, we're, you know, clock is ticking on playoff time. I think you're going to, get to see a lot of interesting playoff matchups this year, which obviously we will break down once we have a confirmation of who's got what. Um, but it's going to be fun for sure. I think the Chiefs have got to be the odds-on favorite, not because of the defending champs. Just they just do things really well offensively. You're not stopping them. You just got to hope to God he can slow down and score enough points. But mm-hmm. their secondary ain't making it easy. So you got to get up early. And you got to coast and just hope to God that you so can the Raiders and, did. And, and hold on. You just got to hold on, you know. Um, it's It would be one of the big upsets if they don't make it. Honestly. I, I, I think know, so. Like, no matter, even if Pittsburgh beats the Chiefs, I don't think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh can be undefeated. Yeah. And Pittsburgh still be the underdog, I yeah. believe, in that game. It's just too. based off of what's happening. So it's going to be interesting for sure. You know, if I'm Pittsburgh, I know Pittsburgh fans love being undefeated. I would kind of hope that you lose at some point before the end of the year. 
just because you don't you don't want like, the undefeated no, stigma. No, on nobody you. cares that you go sixteen and zero if you don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the reality of it. If you're fifteen and one, fourteen and two, especially like if like if Big Ben does anything and he's got any sort of tweak at all, mm-hmm. just say just shut it down, wait the playoffs yeah. and go because. Sixteen and all looks great, but if you lose in the second round, <laughs> yeah, like you look like an idiot. So ask Baltimore. Baltimore was crazy last year, and they lose in the second round. So it is what it is. Uh, that's gonna be it for this week's show, though, guys. Obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on the Lions' um, situation. I guess as the weeks come on, we're not gonna get anything really until the end of the year anyway. There's no real point in covering this team until then quite quite honestly and then by that time it'll be draft time and woo, we'll be talking pistons in a couple weeks anyway so that'll be fun um but you know obviously there's something to watch if anything major happens over the next couple weeks you obviously know we'll be covering it but uh that's gonna be it for this week's show guys um on behalf of the whistling missing whistling missing whale man he is the merc zone and i am the mouth of michigan and we will see you guys as always next time